Hey there, Jessica. Oh. You excited to get back to podcasting? Oh, yes. I am too. It's been a couple. It's been a while. I had my jaw surgery. Oh. I sound a little different. <laughs> Have we really not done an episode since your jaw surgery? No. Because see, it's funny. At first, I thought you were Coily, the Spring Sprite, from uh, that Mystery Science Theater short. Is that what I sound like now? <laughs> it's been weeks, and Just you didn't a... tell me until we started recording. That's embarrassing. <laughs> Sorry, babe. This is what my voice sounds like now. They moved my jaw. It's funny because I thought you'd sound more like this since they, you know, fastened your cell phone to your jawbone. <laughs> that is the jaw surgery you had, right? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Got to commit to the bit all the way. Exactly. We're almost running out of uh, Reliant K songs, so, you know, we got to have something to do. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sadie Hawkins Pod. Shh, shh, everyone out there, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> shut your mouths. The baby Cooper is, is sleeping. Asleep. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up! Stop. <laughs> look, look, he maybe napped for like 15 minutes today, darn it. We can't be talking, this can't be an ASMR RK, ASMRK podcast. <gasps> That's so good. We should be doing that. ASMRK? We, we just read Reliant K lyrics in a whispery voice. Oh, good, good, he fell back to sleep. They say you have to wait 100 seconds before you attend to them. you got to count to like 100 in your head. And then if they're still fussing, then you go. Should we put him in a closet or something? No, he will wake up instantly. If I take, he, he fell asleep in the car. And if I take him, he's not like at that age where you have to drive them, the baby around to get them to fall asleep yet. We just so happened to. Look at these waveforms. Go out to pick <laughs> I don't know if this is registering. <laughs> we just so happened to go out to pick up some groceries and he fell asleep in the car. So he's currently in his car seat next to us <laughs> and the lights are off and it's, it's so nice. Cause yeah, he maybe got like 15 minutes of sleep all day today. So I'm like, let's, let's just let him rest. But you know, if I pick him up and I put him in his bassinet, he will wake up instantly. It's like magic. It's some baby magic. It is some baby magic. This is just a baby thing, apparently. Like, you're holding them, and they're fast asleep. The second you put them down, we can be loud. It's fine. Damn, I was going to start playing ammunition (laughs) really loud, but I think it hooked to your phone. Oh, he slept through... We put on Fast and the Furious last night, and he slept through that, because I'd never seen it, and Danny's only seen the first one, and Danny was like, let's watch the Fast and the Furious movies, and I'm like, sure, why not? So we watched the first one last night, and he slept through all of that noise and awful... uh, cgi so but then like i I, like i don't know uh, like snap my pajama bottoms you'll startle startle yeah (laughs) you never know you never know magic of babies and how wonderful they are oh yeah to to me because now it it, like my spotify opened and it wants to play the bill summer summer's heat that i was listening to (laughs) it's jazz album there we go that's me now so, uh, yeah, so it's been a while since we podcasted. Our apologies. Maybe the longest, but no, we're breaking records here on City Hawkins Pod, <laughs> the longest we've gone without a podcast. 
So two episodes ago, which is now something like eight weeks ago, I think. Not our most recent episode, but the one before that. I mentioned I was having a jaw surgery. And then on the uh, Only Thing Worse episode, the only thing worse than <laughs> us taking five surgery. weeks <laughs> was that I we recorded like two nights before my jaw surgery and I didn't feel like reminding anybody. I didn't feel like talking about it. I was super anxious. It was my first kind of surgery at all. I'm sure my voice sounds a little different. Um, I'll talk about the surgery and what it was, but like... Yeah, I was so anxious about it. I was like, I don't want if like this is our last podcast, if something goes horribly oh, no, wrong. Damn. This is what these are the feelings and the thoughts that were I was fighting, the invasive thoughts I was fighting. And I never said it to you until sure, now sure. when it's done. It's the thoughts that go through all of our minds when we have to have procedures done. Yeah. Well, I didn't have to have this procedure done, but well, you when did I chose you, to. Well, if you wanted to have braces to get your teeth fixed they told you that you had to have the jaw surgery and so four years ago you said sign me up was it four yeah it was like four years ago so yeah i had this jaw surgery to move my top jaw forward like i don't know a centimeter a millimeter i don't know how far forward it went but i've had an underbite my whole life i lived most of my life all of my life i lived my whole life where my top teeth and my bottom teeth were like touching but properly, like, because I never thought about it growing up. Like, straight up. up and down. Like, straight up and down. Like, like, like you can do on purpose. Like, I'm putting my hands together, like, putting my fingers, my tip, my right. fingertips like together. Your, your front teeth, your top teeth, your front teeth, your top teeth on the front are supposed to hang a little bit over your bottom, bottom teeth. teeth. And I front. never thought about it my whole life. It technically was an underbite. Mm-hmm. And... It never occurred to me that your two teeth aren't supposed to, like, touch like that. That the top teeth are supposed to be slightly in front. So, as an adult with a little bit of money, and I had never had orthodontics, I was like... And I think we'd had, like, when I was a kid, we had, like, um, consultations for my orthodontics. But it was going to take a lot of work. So, my dad helped me also pay for this, like, the, the orthodontics itself... Because they told me, you do the orthodontics, and then you have to have a corrective jaw surgery. And it took four or five years to get here. Um, And we finally did it. So now I have, like, perfect teeth, except I have a little bit of a lisp because parts of my mouth are still numb. He's still healing, yeah. Yeah. He's still a little... little, uh, I'm still a little puffy around the cheeks. There are sections of my gums that are still, like, completely numb. Like Mr. Deed's foot. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) I'm going to go to people and I'm going to be like, go ahead. I think I said it on the Patreon episode and you said, what a reference there, too. Wow. I'm nothing if not consistent. I've never even seen Mr. Deed's. I just know the scene. Oh, it's awful. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and my nose is still a little, like the area under my nose, under my nostril is still a little bloated, so it's hard to laugh. Don't make me laugh. <laughs> well, anyway, that was my jaw surgery. I didn't feel like talking about it in the last episode, so I'm sorry we kind of disappeared. I did tweet about it. In the last five weeks, I was supposed to release a Patreon episode for free, and I've just been so exhausted from recovering from all all of this pain. We'll try and get it out. Uh. <laughs> maybe we'll. <laughs> now, maybe. <laughs> but whatever. The thing is, like... So the pain is not what you think it would be because they actually go under my lips and like where 
in the inside my lips, like in the crook of my lips, like where the loose part of the lips meets the gum, that's where my stitches are. They go under the lips, and I don't know what they do because I was knocked out for the whole thing. Trigger warning. (laughs) And somehow, I don't know, they use a laser or a saw or something. Wow. Those are two different They cut my top jaw off. They moved it forward and they grafted it back on. And... I was out for the whole thing, and there is no pain. There has been no pain where you think, like, the bone was cut. Like, that. there's no pain there. It's completely fine. All the pain is in the soft tissue around what happened. Like, my jaw doesn't open all the way because, like, my jaw muscles have been sore for five weeks now. Has it been five weeks? No, it's been it's been three weeks. (laughs) It's been three weeks since the surgery. It's been five weeks since we podcasted. So, anyway... Whatever. Lots, All the... of, lots of news. Lots and of talk so much about. news has been going on. So, Is for Lovers Fest happened. Reliant K played that. We're going to talk about that. we got a voicemail about it. Furnace Fest is happening The like when this episode is coming yeah. out. Uh, the Our Beautiful Letdown <laughs> tribute album special edition came out with all the covers of Switchfoot's Beautiful Letdown album. So, um, that's the first new Reliant K song since 2017 is out. It's the Switchfoot cover, which we're going to do on the next episode. I was like, it's too soon. I, you know, let's do something to get ourselves back into it. And then there was something else. I don't remember what else. Uh, what am I missing? Was the announcement? No, the announcement had happened before that. I think for the the LA show and the MXPX show. Oh, that's right. On the last episode, we were talking about. It was the night before the MXPX show in Hollywood was announced, right? And I was like, I was getting hints that it was happening yeah. through DMs. That was it. And the next morning, while I was editing the episode, the actual announcement came out from MXPX. So, for Lion K is playing, opening for Less Than Jake and MXPX, and the Smoking Popes are also playing at the Hollywood Palladium on January sixth, and we'll be there. We sure will. Yep. And that's, we saw Reliant K there with Switchfoot in 2016 or 17. I think it was 2016. It was 2016, yeah. Yep. So, so much has been happening. And then Reliant K has been posting all kinds of, like, footage of themselves doing stuff. Doing stuff. stuff, Yeah. Just generally frolicking around (laughs) being boys. Being boys from Canton. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get into it. So you said you had a voicemail. Yep. Let's see. We got lots of voicemails, I think. Nice. Yeah. Thanks for calling. Hey, Jess, Dan, and Cooper. This is Allie reporting back from Ohio is for Lovers. And I have several points about my experience I want to make, so I'll try to be as concise as possible. So here's our reporter on Boots on the Ground at the Ohio is for Lovers Festival. Heck yeah. On the scene. And, um, yep. Let's hear it. Let's beep, hear what beep, Allie beep, has beep. to say. We need That's boots on the flash. ground. That... That's our news flash sound. <laughs> okay. Um, we need we need boots on the ground from Furnace Fest. We need people to... I'm sorry. I'm That's sorry. very sweet. Do, 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 do. Shut up, Danny. You're a great mom. <laughs> I just sit around all day going, beep, 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 we need boots on the ground. Uh-huh. For Furnace Fest. We need reporters from Furnace Fest. But here's Allie first talking about 
the Ohio is for Lovers Festival. And call back and leave several voicemails if I need to. So anyway, um, general festival experience was great. Um, I actually ended up bumping into Schneck on my way to the stage that they would be playing at. I left one show early to start getting a spot. And he was out, like, in the main area with his family. So I ran up, shook hands really quick, and then kept going to get my spot. So that was cool. Um, so it was a 45-minute set. The set list is on um, online, whatever website that y'all use. Um, and uh, I'll just let y'all look it up instead of me reiterating uh, what it was. But the my own observation uh, about the set was um, they did their own setup and sound check, which I have not seen them do, which makes sense if they're doing like a festival, maybe they're like have a skeleton crew, um, but I had not seen them like actual band members like on stage setting up their own gear. So that was interesting. Um, Matt Houston during the set mentioned that he had been at this particular venue specifically not too long ago to see Tears for Fears. Um, so I thought that was cool. Um, and my other <laughs> quick little uh, story is about the crowd surfer that nearly knocked me out during the Weston Jake mini song that they played. I do have another point about that, um, but I may be running out of time. So I'm going to leave one more message to make sure I can get everything in. Well, you had another minute. Like, because it's a three-minute limit, so she cut off at two minutes. But that's good. That's concise. I like that, that yeah. Gives us, that gives us time to breathe and consider what she breaks. said. Yeah. Yes, this is very organized. I love it. So, um, yeah, we will. So there was a mini song where Lion K performed. In case you missed, you know, watch our social media. Ali sent us a bunch of video clips from this set and they played like a new little song called i don't know what it's called and it's probably just a joke song that they may never record but it's like a song about breaking your ankle in a less than jake circle pit which i was like this makes sense they're probably going to play this i'm sure they're going to play this at the hollywood palladium um but we ali got that we posted online that post blew up for us because it's like new relying case song and i'm like well it's probably i'm kind of tricking people i'm like here's a new relying case song no you're just doing what everybody it is technically does a song you yeah. got to do the clickbaiting it's horrible and i can't stand it when people do that on youtube <laughs> but you got to do what you got to do for those juicy juicy watches <laughs> so we'll so we'll play that i'll play the clip of that song after ali's voicemails but um yeah in that clip she gets like clotheslined by a crowd surfer which was Yikes. very fitting for the content of the song so here's part two of ali's voicemails it's ali here's my part two okay so matt's backstory to this little song that he wrote was he went to a lesson jake um, anniversary show for a specific album that I cannot remember the name of specifically, um, but I believe it came out in 1998. So you can uh, search that and figure out which record that was. That would be Hello Rockview then. And I'm, I already know that they did that tour recently. So I'm guessing if there's a recent thing, not an older story. But um, he sat through, he said he watched the whole show until the very last song he told his buddy, hold my flip-flops, I'm going in. And he went to the mosh. 
and that's where he broke his pinky toe. Oh no, he went moshing in bare feet? Oh. Tyson. And was wearing flip-flops in the first place. Oh Come on. no. Tyson, you know Joey Ramone died because he yeah. walked around New York City barefoot. I understand. I understand. Tyson's an earthy, crunchy guy. Who is he? Fiona he- Apple <laughs> stands <laughs> on the edge of the stage bouncing going, I hate men. I hate men. <laughs> Tyson's been touching grass since before people had to be reminded to do such a thing. But wear shoes when you go to a to a to a venue. Yeah, like like they don't. We have... care about you. Yeah, don't they have rules about that? They have rules on film sets that you have to wear closed-toed shoes. Why are there not rules on stages? There's cables everywhere. Come and even on. closed-toed shoes aren't. Uh, guarantee of anything because I broke my toe when that piano ran over my shoes. That is true. And I was wearing Crocs when we were surfing and the sea urchin went straight through my foot. (laughs) But at least there's a chance you'll be safe if you wear closed shoes in a mosh pit. You are guaranteeing yourself trouble to go in the mosh pit barefoot. Yikes. You know what? I'm full of crap. I'll tell you what. Uh I broke my pinky toe. At a ska show, because oh. I was wearing flip-flops. Really? It was back to the beach. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, a slightly right, right, different right, right. situation. That was, was this on less, sand. This, this, so the back to the beach festival was literally in the sand. I broke I my pinky toe. I broke shoes. I was not going around in sandals, but good for you, Dan. I broke my pinky toe during Fishbone. And uh, yeah, and then I went to the tent and they were not prepared to like splint a toe but they figured it out for me (laughs) and it's just during this little tune that a crowd surfer came up directly behind me i had no like i was not prepared to catch anybody let alone this grown man feet first headed towards my head luckily my boyfriend was directly behind me he caught him and then the guard on the other side of the barrier helped carry him over where he fell directly on his butt you can see on the video where he landed but he also hit his head on the rail on the way down so we almost thought he knocked himself out for a second so that was fun um and then okay so my other note about that was that he had you know the little pink tux um like woven into that and my boyfriend and I thought it would have been great if he not only did pink tucks, but did little melodies from maybe uh, Mood Ring or um, Sadie Hawkins Dance, because they did not play Sadie Hawkins Dance, which also they did not play Mrs. Hippopotamus' Businesses. <laughs> so that was kind of a bummer. They didn't play the Ohio song in Ohio. But my theory is that they have a set list that they've rehearsed for each of these festivals, and it's a specific one, so maybe they didn't want to be – I don't know. They just were had to be picky about their songs. But, um, okay, I'm still running out of time. I'm going to leave one more, and then I'll be done. She still had another minute, so her t- the timer on her phone must be freaking her out. I'm surprised that no Sadie Hawkins dance, and for an Ohio show, not to play Mrs. Hippopotamuses. And I'm surprised no, surprised no mood rings. Women need to understand. You stop. We need to remind them. So, um... Allie calls back with part three of, and this is the last voicemail about this festival. And then we'll play that clip of the Less Than Jake song. It's Allie for my part three. All right. So my last 
commentary about the whole thing was, you know, my boyfriend and I, we watched about seven or eight acts, um, not all the way through. Some we had to leave early and some, you know, we, just the way they overlapped, we didn't catch, um, you know, the whole set. But most of these bands, a lot of them said during their set that, oh, we've been a band for 20 years now, blah, 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 blah. And that's cool. But they also sounded like they've been around for 20 years. You know what I mean? Like, they, it was fun listening to the songs that, you know, are very nostalgic because that's what their, that's the whole shtick is, you know, is like nostalgia when we were young, that whole thing. Um, but my boyfriend and I left unimpressed from most fans. Um, and that kind of, was disappointing but my my exception to that and my point is Reliant K every time they play does not sound like they've been around I mean like they don't the energy is still up you know their music the music that they play is still spot on um the other bands sounded tired and sloppy um and I know other people will have differing opinions than me, but that's just the general vibe that I got. And so it just speaks volumes about the band and their musicianship and who they are and what they bring. And, like, um, just that they really, every time they play, it is 100% given. And it and I'm so appreciative of what they do, what they bring to their fans um, when they play. And my boyfriend said the same thing. Like they, if if Reliant K can bring it, like what what is wrong with these other bands? <laughs> you know, um, the only other band my boyfriend really enjoyed that still sounded really good was Under Oath, but that's just a little side note. Anyway, thank you for listening, and yeah, that's it. Bye. <laughs> Well, thank you. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> that concludes our our newscast. Boots thank on you. the ground at is for Lovers Fest. So now we need someone to call up about Furnace Fest, and then we need someone to call up about when we were young. And I guess we'll take care of the show here. And then sure. who knows what other shows get announced in the future? Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Well, um, but oh yeah, we have another voicemail. But before then, let me play this clip from this Less Than Jake song Let's that do they it. did. So. Um, so the other thing is, yeah, there's a little section in this song where he weaves in a little a little piece of uh, Pink Tux to the Prom. And I was, she was at this show when I was posting this, so I didn't really think I can be asking her questions because she's enjoying herself. Sure, she started taking yeah. time out to, so these jokes, I'm like, wait, were they playing Pink Tux and then they wove in this mini song? Or what did they do? No, it sounds she just kind of confirmed it. They played this mini song, then they wove in a little touch of Pink Tux. So here's that song.
So I don't. I didn't watch the last couple seconds of this. After the guy falls over Allie and lands on his butt, and she gets the camera back up towards the stage, you just see a security guard who just makes it look like, oh, <laughs> about the guy who fell. That's hilarious. So now we, I, I'm saying it here first. Uh, Reliant K's next album, Scott confirmed. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they're They've going for. They've never done, uh, like, a mini joke ska song before. Yeah, they have. They did the the Five Iron Frenzy song. What? Oh, sorry. You were being sarcastic? I was being sarcastic. Okay. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> you know what? It's Oh, they got a song about Less Than Jake. They got a song about Five Iron Frenzy. They're just going to do an album of ska songs about other ska bands. Mm-hmm. Other ska bands, because they'll become a ska band. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway. Way to read the room, Dan. All right. Well, sometimes I can't tell when you're being sarcastic. <laughs> I hate it when someone's so sarcastic that you can't tell it happens. Uh-huh. That's like one of my biggest pet peeves. You and I are a great pair. <laughs> I find it so obnoxious when somebody doesn't say what they mean. When somebody says something... And they literally don't mean it. And them saying it is supposed to convey that they don't mean it. I hate that. I hate when people do that. Anyway, so then we got another voicemail. And this is a big voicemail. This is a very important voicemail coming in. Oh, okay. This is a very important voicemail. Now, we've we've had voicemails from some unexpected people like John Schneck before, right? Sure. Well... It sounds, it sounds like it's going to be someone who's called before, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's someone. Oh. We'll, we'll see. Okay. Hey, Justin, Dan. It's uh, Bjorn. Uh, it's been a while, uh, but I just wanted uh, to call and, uh, first of all, congratulate you on Cooper. That's some great news. Thank shh, you. Shh, shh. Bjorn, shut up. He's still sleeping. <laughs> shut up. Stop. <laughs> uh, I'm going to Furnace Fest. All right, coming up here. Uh, this will be my first time seeing him live, so uh, really excited for that. Oh, great. Bjorn, Bjorn. you got to be you got to be our eye in the sky for that one. Our pie in the sky. Our, our guy eye. In the, eye in the sky. Boots on the ground, eye in the sky. Eyes on Springfield. In other news, uh, you can see my socks. Daniel uh, found me out. Uh, he has unveiled my identity as Dan Bakaitis Pod. So uh, the jig is up. What? what? <laughs> we didn't plan that. Can you believe it? So he's Dan Bakaitis Pod, our only fan Twitter account. That's amazing. I love Dan Bakaitis Pod. I logged back into Twitter just to follow Dan Bakaitis Pod. So when I real, so when Danny gives me those tweet updates, and I'm like, this is amazing. So Daniel DM'd me right before Bjorn found out he was found out with a screen cap of. Something that Dan Bakaitis tweeted about 21 Pilots, and then something that Bjorn was talking about in the Reliant K Discord about 21 Pilots. And he's like, this is too coincidental. And so then he... Fantastic detective work. <laughs> so, 
I had my theories about who it was, and I realized all of them were wrong, right? Like, it never occurred to me there was Bjorn. Well, it kind of occurred to me there was Bjorn, because we knew whoever it was was a patron. So it was only a handful of people. And I'm like, well, it could be any of those handful of people. And I didn't think too hard about it, to be honest. I didn't, like... Because also, so Bjorn, or Dan Bakaitis Pod, would tweet little facts about, like... Oh, I met this person from this band at one time, or I saw this band at this other time, and I was, and I'd be like, hmm, well, you know, I don't know, <laughs> maybe I could. St- there's Twitter search tools where it's like only search in the tweets of people you follow. So I was like, I could take some of those nouns about those facts that Dambakitis has shared about himself, our Dambakitis, because there's multiple Dambakituses on Twitter. But I could take some of those facts and like search them in people we follow and try to see if there's matching tweets from one of the people we follow. I didn't put the work into it. I just didn't put the work into it. But when Daniel found out it was Bjorn, I'm like, this makes perfect sense because we know, you know, I know whoever Dambakitis pod was like knows a lot more Christian bands than us. But I also do my tirades about Christian industry. And I'm like, well, that hasn't scared off Dan Bakaitis pod. And I know Bjorn has liked it when I kind of get mad and go on a tirade about stuff. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> this all comes together. This That's makes definitely sense. a vibe. There, There is a vibe of folks who, who do love a Danny tirade. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was one of them. Wow. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> found me out because I was talking about the same things in the Discord and on Twitter. So, yeah. Uh, that's fun. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll return with Furnace Fest stories. Uh, so yeah, uh, thanks for keeping up with the pod. It's been great. Uh, yeah, talk to you later. He sounds so defeated. Oh, see you later. I got found out. Also, part of me didn't... (laughs) Jessica spit up a drink. Sorry. Thanks for keeping up with the pod, which we have not been doing. Yeah, (laughs) which we haven't been doing at all. I had ice in my mouth from (laughs) this lovely nectar of the gods over here. (laughs) A tropical iced tea from Coffee Bean. And they have the really good ice, you know, that really great, soft, crunchy, like hospital ice. And I was savoring it and then I had to laugh. And so it had to come back out again and it went in my water glass. Can so I, now I have to get new to water. Your... <laughs> yes, please. Thank I can't you. think about that water glass being there. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> this is you we... can't think about that water glass being there? No, I can't think about the fact that you spit back up in your water glass because you laughed well, and know that the glass is there while we're recording. Well, we got to do something about your neck beard, babe, because it looks like Santa Claus. Good Lord. <laughs> so I had to shave my beard for the first time in probably like... I can't look at you. <laughs> what the heck? I had to shave my beard for the first time in probably 10 years. And... It's not growing back as fast as it should. It's growing. But my neck is all white. It's really weird. So from a distance, from a distance, (laughs) because everything around my jaw and my cheeks and my sideburns is black, like my hair, from a distance, you'd think, oh, that guy shaved his neck. 
And then you get closer and you're like, oh, that guy just has solid white hair under his chin and down his neck. <laughs> so weird. We could dye it. It's long enough now to die. <laughs> I do dye my beard. He I does. have dyed my beard. We'll dye it this weekend. We'll take a before and after picture just for the patrons. <laughs> no, we'll share it publicly. That's, that's stuff you got to share. If you happen to see Danny on the street, though, you get it for free. <laughs> No, we'll put it on Twitter or something. <laughs> well, thank you, Bjorn, for thank you, thank you stepping for forward. Yeah. <laughs> stepping you for forward being before an Congress. Listener, <laughs> I knew you'd slip up, Simpson. What slip up? He confessed it. <laughs> Quiet. I need this. Well, anyway, so uh, yeah, next week we're gonna do. The Switchfoot song, Ammunition. And I'll be and next next week, next time, next two weeks from now. Who knows? Five more weeks from now. <laughs> and then we'll have Bjorn's update from Furnace Fest. So that's exciting. Awesome. I'm All excited of you for out that. there keeping our podcast going, giving us the content that we so sorely <laughs> lack. <laughs> so uh but you know what? We may take weeks off at a time, but we made a promise. We made a promise to pod until there's nothing left of Reliant K's discography. So we are going forward, and this week we're talking about give until there's nothing left. And there'll be nothing left of Five Score, because this is the last episode of this album that that we have to do. That was smooth, Dan. It was. A lot smoother than your neck. (laughs) I deserve it. I deserve it. I've thrown you under so many buses in the history of this of this podcast. I mean, you could just shave it a little bit. No, I, but I'm trying to grow it in. I know, but just the down there part. Like, you're not growing it down your throat, right? Like, you don't want to be a neckbeard, Danny. No offense to the neckbeards out there. All right, I'll shave it. Here, I'll just burn it off. Oh, I have geez. our butane lighter on the table for he's, he's playing with it. It's frightening. I always need something to occupy my hands, and I realize the butane lighter is probably not the best case scenario. Well, anyway, give until there's nothing left. Five score and seven years ago. Five weeks and seven years ago, we lasted an episode. So now we're back to talk about give until there's nothing left. Yeah. What do you think of this song, Jess? I really just only discovered this song because (laughs) of that live at Capitol acoustic session. Right. Which I love. We've talked about it before. We'll talk about it again because they do play this song on it. Um, Here's the thing. (laughs) Man, I really hope we don't have any new listeners because they're like, oh, yay, Reliant K has played a bunch of shows. Let's listen to this podcast. Everyone's allowed to have blind spots in their favorite bands. Everyone's allowed to have albums they don't care for and... Or albums that don't... I just don't really think about Five Score. I don't think to just put on Five Score. I'll be like, let me put on this one song that happens to be from Five Score. But I'm not just gonna... But I'm just gonna come right out and say it. I don't think I'll just throw on this album. And I don't think like, oh yeah, that song, that is from Five Score. That is very much a Five Score era song. I don't know. Like until about 20 minutes ago, I thought that Curl Up and Die was on this album. And like the track We've before done that. after this. We've done that song. I know. You know it's from Burton the B-Sides. I know, but I thought it was like, well, I thought it was a B-side. 
And it was oh. a different version of a song that was on Vibe like up and Score. Up. Yes. Curl up and up. Curl up and up. <laughs> I'm sorry. My brain is fried. I have an 11-week-old with gas pain <laughs> and colic because of it. And, like, he's so upset, plus just staring at a computer screen living. all day working from You're home. You're letting him stare at a computer screen <laughs> no. all day, Jessica? No. He's two he sits, old. He sits in my lap. And... And I entertain him and try to make him feel better while I'm working. And so I don't know what this song is about. I only <laughs> half paid attention when listening to it every time we put the song on. Maybe it's about a girl. Maybe it's a bad friend Tyson song. Maybe it's about God. I've literally been giving until there's nothing left. And unfortunately, that means I don't have anything left for the pod this week. I had five weeks. <laughs> yeah. I still came up with nothing. This this might be a more, you know, it's a good song, and it don't is. no I, one I, no one take what I'm about to say meaning like it's it. a bad song, but it's it is possible song. that it's the one of the lower level songs on the album. We've we've talked about this yeah. with like mm-hmm is a perfect is a perfect album, but something has to come last. I Every mean, Devastation and Reform, which is right after this, is a banger. Right. It's a major banger. But this one, I don't know, just kind of gets lost sometimes. No one might want to hear it, and people might misinterpret what I'm saying as me saying this is the least good song on the album, but that's not what I'm saying. It's just that every album has a song that has to come last, even if you love every song on the album. Like, think of your absolute no skip album one of the songs ha- if you put them well, I mean, in order yeah, one of them has to come last <laughs> right literally well, and figuratively i forgot that you wouldn't just put on deathbed just to put on deathbed maybe that's part of why i just never think about this album it's because you never made your way this far into it well this isn't yeah. even that far into it but it is the second half forgiven i always i talked about it when we played that song i don't know i forget that song forgiven i don't know how that song goes i can't remember it I don't know. You have, well, you have been forgiven something, something. Now I can't think of it because <laughs> you're <laughs> You singing that did, it was not correct at all, but it and did I know spark it a little bit. There we have... go. Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, that I need you. I never think about that one. I'm like, I don't know. Bite my tongue. We've covered that song. <laughs> I couldn't tell you how it goes. I'm going to bite my tongue right <laughs> out of my face. Exactly. I'm going to bite my tongue. That's how it goes. I'm like... I know the best thing, and I know must have done something right, and I know uh, Faking My Own Suicide, because I think those were the singles. So it's like those stick out in my head, but I, the rest just I kind of it. fall to the wayside. It's okay. And I know Up and Up, because I loved Bird and the B-Sides, even though I didn't realize Curl Up and Die was just a Bird and the B-Sides song. Well, what, 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 what I'm realizing is that we need to just sit here quietly, <laughs> don't not speak, and just listen to five scores. So oh, let's no. start it up. literally i was like what the first thing i was like wait is this five score and then they started doing the the harmonizing i was like okay it is yeah we haven't done a five score listen along no because it ends with deathbed so i wouldn't listen that far if we did do a listen along well if we do the same thing that we did oh i pressed pause it didn't want to stop it will, you know, eventually I would like to do whole album episodes about every album that we've wrapped up. So we've wrapped up mm-hmm, and we've wrapped up five score. We already did this for Collapse of a Lung. So eventually we'll do an all five score wrap up episode 
and then you'll have to confront Deathbed again. Wait, what? No, we, no I never don't. agreed to you this. You can just skip Deathbed. It's Thanks. fine. So I really, I like this song, but I do think it is just a song about what, when you consider this entire album together, it is a song that I definitely don't like really think about necessarily as well, but I really did enjoy listening to it this week. Um, I think in the idea of five score being a much more poppy album for them, I do think that this, you know, there are songs on this album that sound exactly like the band brand new, you know, there are there are ideas that they're going for that definitely feel like I can't think of any other bands and the brand new example, but there are definitely like the best thing and things like that. There are definitely things on this album that are like Reliant K kind of doing this idea for sort of a poppy song in a much more sort of genuine still feels like Reliant K way than say, you know, Collapsible Lung ultimately felt like, and that's the same sort of thing of all these different kinds of genres and moods. You know, Five Score is their poppiest album up to that point. It is taking some of the pop rock ideas that were happening by 2007 and solidifying those into a Reliant K sort of feeling. This one kind of feels to me like one of those sort of like early 2000s late 90s soft rock by a hard rock by a harder rock not a hard rock but soft rock ballads by like a train or goo goo dolls or vertical horizon like honestly that that's what this kind of feels like and i'm sure it also kind of has sort of church-like vibes but i think that that's kind of a uh an opposite uh, that's kind of a a logical reverse. I think like some of the church vibes, like there's things about worship music and modern worship music. We've talked about it before. Like a lot of modern worship music just kind of apes like Coldplay, U2, these kind of things. And this kind of song, while it can feel kind of churchy, it really just feels sort of soft rock, sort of like, you know, the kind of bands that I mentioned who aren't necessarily soft rock bands who are kind of rock bands, but this is their ballad. This is like the ballad by an alternative, an adult contemporary alternative rock band. That's the vibe I get from this song. Sure. So I can kind of see a world where maybe this got pushed as a single and it played on sort of adult contemporary softer rock station well apparently it was a single because there is actually a wikipedia oh page my for this song so, wow <laughs> give until there's nothing left is the third single from reliant k's fifth album five score and seven third years ago single. wow yeah that i i don't know this is blowing my mind it was released to christian radio around july 2007 was played as a top 40 single to a station in saginaw michigan in early august <laughs> i'm sorry what was it only a single in saginaw michigan i don't understand the song being a slower what, what does that mean <laughs> The person who wrote this Wikipedia article is from Saginaw. They're like, guys, this is what it was played here. The song being a slower one, it was released for contemporary stations rather than rock stations. The band made the song available as a profile song on the group's MySpace. Love when we get that info. It has reached number 17 on the Billboard Hot Christian Songs chart. While it may have played on some mainstream stations, the song did not receive a music video like Must Have Done Something Right and The Best Thing. The single was the 20th most played song on Christian hit radio stations in 2007, according to R&R Magazine. 
it, it, it is cited, so I'm like, I would like to see that, that yeah, source cited. None of the rest of this stuff is cited. The Saginaw, Michigan thing's <laughs> not cited. The MySpace thing's not cited. Wow, okay. So this, <laughs> I like how this is almost written, this Wikipedia page is almost written like fan fiction. Like, well, it might have had some mainstream station play. Okay, it okay, might have. Sure. Who do, who, who's to say it didn't? Who's to say every Reliant K song hasn't had some mainstream station play? The only thing we know for sure is that it was in fact played as a top forty single to a station in Saginaw. And what does Michigan. that mean? A top forty single? Doesn't it have to hit? What is top forty sing? Because a top forty means like you got into the top right. forty of the charts. Right. But just because you get played on a mainstream I think station, maybe they mean like a top forty station. Hmm. It was released as a single to a top 40 station, maybe, okay. is what they mean. Maybe it got yeah. a little jumbled up. Does the phrase top 40 have multiple meanings? Like evangelical do, do and Google emo? That? <laughs> like top? Well, yeah, because top 40, 40 it, it, to me, it means meaning. the top 40 songs on the charts and then those stations just keep playing those top those yeah, 40 the songs 40 most popular songs or recordings in the popular music charts so i guess if so if you get released to a top 40 station and they kind of squeeze in a song that's not in the top 40 i guess that's a notable thing but the way they phrase this how did they phrase this was played as a top 40 single to a station in Saginaw, michigan Saginaw, michigan was played as a top 40 single that sounds like a scam it sounds like some payola like hey saginaw the real soft rock of saginaw if i slip you a 20 will you play some reliant k as a top 40 fascinating this person works for that radio station and they like played it at midnight and then there's no continued article this article is only the opening summary and then there's nothing else. Notability needed. <laughs> you know, like, right. I, I don't, I would never, I'm not going to go on Wikipedia and say this article should be deleted, but this does not seem to have the notability required for a uh, an article. It has one citation. Well, that's fascinating to learn that it actually was a single. I had By no By the way, that idea. citation is not actually for any sort of proof. It's just to tell you what R&R Magazine is. It's just to tell you that that's a real thing and it exists. Well, it says, no, it says uh, 2007 year-end charts archived May 25th, 2009, R&R Magazine. Oh, okay. See, it, it is legit. See, when I clicked on it, it didn't It didn't go to the actual, uh, gotcha. it just went to the general website. It did not go to the- It might be because the, the link at the time yeah. that they put it there had the article and since and now then, the website doesn't. has yeah. redone their links. Well, that, so that makes sense that it was kind of a single because to, I honestly feel like this is kind of like a soft rock ballad in an adult contemporary rock style. And uh, it is a Christian song. We'll go over the lyrics. Oh, spoiler warning. And I have definitive, I have a definitive answer from Tyson introducing this song in a concert about what this song nice. is about. So I think we should break into the lyrics right away to sort of dissect this because when you hear this song it feels like a god or girl situation right it feels like a god or girl discussion like the best thing which is definitely about a girl or be my escape which is definitely about god but be my escape does have very 
uh, specific lyrical choices where you can't definitively say it's not about a girl if you don't want it to be about that. Or it's not about a romance. It's not about a boy if you don't want it to be about that. Um, so this song feels like a god or a girl situation. But is it? Is it either of those? Let's find out. What's this song called? <laughs> Give until there's nothing left. Give until there's nothing left. Let's go to the lyrics. Especially for you because with your mom brain, you couldn't really wrap your head around these so- this song. So let's read it out loud. Give until there's nothing left i'm still typing it in i have the genius up do you just want to look at my phone i got it okay okay um no one told me the right way the right way to go about this so i'll figure it out for myself because how much is too much to give you well i may never know so i'll give until there's nothing else Yeah, I'll give, give, give until there's nothing else. Give my life until it all runs out. Give, give, and I'll have no regrets. I'll give until there's nothing left. No one told me how bad I need you, but I somehow arrived at that conclusion all by myself. And I want all you have to offer. So I'll offer you, so I'll offer myself, and I'll give until there's nothing left. And then the chorus again in the bridge. Sometimes it seems like all I ever do is ask for things until I ask too much of you. But that's not the way I want to live. I need to change. Yes, something's got to give. Something's got to give, give, give until there's nothing left. And then the chorus again. So the song definitely feels like it's writing that line, but that it is definitely a Christian song, right? And the genius annotation, not the annotations, but the lyrics on genius capitalize the pronouns the u's are all capitalized implying that he is singing to the lord and so i wouldn't in this case like you know as much as i strongly believed be my escape wasn't intended as one or the other and then teeson has had things where he said that it's about my faith so i was like okay i was wrong there in this case i try to keep an open mind and i'm like this is almost definitely about something spiritual, his relationship with God or something. It's not necessarily him saying, I love the person I love. Oh no, he's waking up. He sees us, Cooper sees us and he's like, what What am I doing here? <laughs> we were in the grocery store parking lot a minute ago. <laughs> so after you hear those lyrics, Jess, what do you think the song's about? Or what do you think are some of the options it could be about? Yeah, like a girl or I, or God. You know, I think it's just because I didn't really, I was a, I'm a Christian, but coming at this song as a teen, when I was at my most like, uh, you know, conformed Christian, I suppose Mm -hmm. you, you might call it. Um, I didn't really listen to songs as being like, like, unless they were, it was like really clear and they said God in the song. I wasn't necessarily being like, this song is about God or whatever. You know, I'd be like, oh, if this sounds like a song about a girl, then maybe that's what it's about. Like, I guess I didn't really put too much thought into it. So I never really put too much thought into uh, which which way the song could go. And I like that it's open to interpretation and I could definitely see how one could just take it either way. Right. Even now. And the lyrics aren't too affronting. No. Either. In either way. Which yeah. is probably part of the reason why your mind couldn't quite wrap it, itself yeah. around the lyrics. Is They're not innocuous, but they are definitely... And they're not wallpaper, but they are definitely... 
more camouflage yeah, lyrics. Just very simple lyrics. Simple, yeah. Yeah, they're they're not. Yeah, they're There's they're not abstract, but there's an abstraction in the form of the song, in the simplicity right. of the lyrics, and the simplicity of the message. That it's not really confronting you heavily with something. So when I paid attention to the song this week, these last five weeks, <laughs> I assumed he's singing about giving his heart to the Lord. And at the very least, you could, he wrote it to be interpreted as he wants to give himself in whole to someone he loves. And it doesn't even necessarily need to be a romantic partner but maybe someone that cares about him, like a parent, like a friend or something like that. That was a little closer to what I found out was the thing. So here is a clip of, oh, and another thing just to mention as I get this clip ready is, despite being a single, as we just learned, as far as I can tell, I didn't go to Setlist FM to double check, but they played this a bunch in 2007 hmm. on the Appetite for Construction tour, which is the tour, as he's going to explain here. That was uh, in support of Habitat for Humanity. But I didn't find many any performances after 2007. So this is just another one of those songs that like a song that woulda coulda. Like it got kind of got played in its time and then it just kind of faded away as far as set list, as far as um, attention from, you know, the Reliant K fandom. So this is one of those 2007 Appetite for Construction live performances and Tyson's going to give a little introduction here. Okay, this is uploaded by I'm the Teapot, all one word, and this is very strange. We had to pause there, but this video doesn't play on YouTube Mobile, so it must be some sort of it was playing on my laptop. So it must be some sort of weird codec thing where this is like an older video and the audio won't play on phones. Well, then I went ahead and just downloaded it while we paused so we can hear what uh, Tyson has to say about this song. That last song was called Give, or called I Need You. This next song is called Give Until There's Nothing Left. The two kind of go together in a little bit of a unique way we found. Um, because whether you guys like it or not, on this tour, a dollar from every ticket is going to Habitat for Humanity. And, uh, so even though that last song is about how we're all needy and how we need so much more than what we already have, I feel like it's also a thing, it's a human thing, to have the need to give back to other people. And so this song is about finding needs in others and, and trying to meet them. This song's called Give Until There's Nothing Left. And we'll listen to them play it later. But yeah, this song is about being charitable. <laughs> At least that's the explanation he just gave there. That it's not singing Whoa. to the... Now, I have a thought, once I heard him say so it's, this... it's not necessarily about... God or a girl. Right. But it's still a Christian song. But when you discuss, like, is this song Christian or not? It's usually, is he singing to God or is he singing to a romantic partner? It's neither of those things. And it's still a Christian song. It's him singing to the people in need and realizing he is called through Christian love to be charitable and to give and to say that he needs other people to have fellowship. I'm trying to put as many Christian spins on this as possible because it's interesting. 
with that tug and that pull of like, is this a Christian song or is this a secular song? This is a Christian song. But I don't think that based off of what Thiessen said in this 2000... It's a Jimmy Carter Habitat for Humanity song. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think based off of what Thiessen said in this introduction in 2007 that all of those pronouns on the Lyric website should be capital U's, capital Y's in the word you. So now understanding that, let me go back to the lyrics real quick. Oh, I typed in, I need you. (laughs) (laughs) That's That's interesting. Give until there's nothing left and I need you. Those are both uh, similar sentiments. Give until there's nothing left. Relying K. Okay. So this is a good friend Tyson song. Yeah, this is like <laughs> Tyson realizing now he's kind of saying like, oh, I realize I need to give. Okay. No one told me the right way, the right way to go about this. So I'll figure it out on myself. Because how much is too much to give you? Well, I may never know. So I'll just give until there's nothing else. So that you is capitalized like he's like he's singing to God. And that's fine. That makes sense as a song to say how much is too much to give to the Lord in praise and worship. Well, I don't know. So I'll just give until there's nothing left. Like so many praise and worship songs are about giving praise and worship until you have nothing left. That makes total sense. But now we've heard Tyson say this song is about giving to others, not about giving to the Lord, but about giving to others. And then you can, through the Christian lens, say you're giving to others as an example for Christ. So I don't think that that you is supposed to be capitalized. I think he's singing to people who are in need. He's not singing to the Lord. And some evidence I have to support this is the opening line. No one told me the right way to go about this. So I'll figure it out for myself. Well, if you're giving to the Lord through praise and worship... There is someone who tells you the right way to do it. Your church leaders, your pastors, your preachers, your parents, your spiritual leaders. The Bible (laughs) tells you what to do. So to say, no one told me the right way to go about this. If you're singing about capital U, I'll I'll give to you until there's nothing left. Someone has told you the right way to go about this. But it makes way more sense to say... I want to be charitable and I want to give to others in need. And nobody has really told me the right way to go about this. Because the Bible says to give to others. It says to give to the poor, to forgive and to, you know, to forgive the debts so that we forgive those that trespass against us. (laughs) But that's fine to hear you're supposed to be charitable as a Christian. You don't. It's not like there are cl- there are classes, but it's not like it's a given that you'll go into a class to say, here's how to be charitable. And plus, every social situation, every generation, every community, every location on the in the on the globe. What does that mean to give until there's nothing left to others? That means something different everywhere you go, everywhere you look, everywhere you look, there's a heart a hand to hold on to and it's going to be different wherever you look now i do think after the chorus when we turn to verse two it goes no one told me how bad i need you but i somehow arrived at that conclusion all by myself and i want 
all you have to offer. So I'll offer myself and I'll give until there's nothing left. That does sound more like he's singing to God or to Christ, to to God and to Christ. Mm-hmm. That does sound like that. And it might be that the first verse is saying, no one told me how to connect with other people, how to be charitable, how to be kind. No one told me how to be someone that will be a beacon, will be a light, someone who's kind to people and loving. No one told me how to love. Sure. No one's told me how to love. Right. People, You learn in church how to praise and worship, but you don't necessarily, it's not a given that you're going to learn how to love. You have to have a really, you have to have a good church setting or you have to have good spiritual leaders or good parents or just other role models to really learn how to love. There's no textbook on that. It does sound like that then, after he's in the first verse, realizing he wants to be a good friend and he wants to be charitable, that then he's reflecting on the love of Christ and how he's given, he, capital H, has given to him all this love. And now he's arrived at the conclusion by himself that this is the way to go. That he's got to be charitable, just like Christ was charitable to him in the biggest way possible with his body on the cross. Get it? Get it? I get it. <laughs> you know, Dan, I think you've done a really thorough job here. So thorough of a job that I think that when we get to the deep dive, we can just skip song meetings. Oh, well, I want to hear if some people confirm or oh. deny what I have to say. Yeah. Unless yeah. you want to skip song meetings. I'm sorry. You're a great mom, and I want to give to you <laughs> until there's nothing left. So there's nothing left on song meetings <laughs> that is of importance here. So why don't we take our break? And when we come back, I, I can't wait to hear what else you have in your deep dive. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Sadie Hawkins Pod. New episodes are released every other week, but you don't have to wait that long to hear more from us. You can join patreon.com slash Sadie Hawkins Pod to listen to our bonus episodes every alternate week. When you sign up, you'll get access to years of backlog episodes, including our discussions of the songs from Reliant K is for karaoke, every chapter of the book, The Complex Infrastructure, known as The Female Mind, as well as other projects and features from members of Reliant K. You'll also have access to live streams of us watching fan content on YouTube and many other topics. When you sign up, you'll receive a welcome letter with guitar picks and stickers. And by making a lifetime contribution of $60, you'll be eligible to earn a special Patreon-exclusive shirt. You'll also get thanked on every episode, like our current patrons who include... Charity, Samantha H. Number 1, Samantha H. Number 2, Matthew, Bjorn, Emily, Isaac, Kindle, Joshua, Daniel, Jay, Michael, Jimmy Pod, This Might Be a Podcast, Tucker, and Brady. Even if you don't want to sign up for the Patreon, you can still join the conversation by contacting us with your thoughts on this episode, your corrections, and your Reliant K memories at our voicemail line, 402-95-SADIE, or by sending an email to sadiehawkinspod at gmail.com. You can also visit our socials, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, which are all at Sadie Hawkins Pod, where you can see the visuals we discuss on the podcast each week. And on Facebook, search for Sadie Hawkins Group to discuss our show and Reliant K. There aren't a lot of guarantees in life, but I can guarantee one thing. It's very hard to think of what to say at the end of these ad reads. Mm, true. 
We can do song meetings. No, we don't have to. We don't have to. Let's just skim around. <laughs> Alrighty then. Alrighty then. Delete this account on February 10th, 2007 said, It's obviously about giving all you have to God in so many cases. Obviously. As Reliant K brought this up in their lyrics before as being vitally important. Because sometimes it seems like all I ever do is ask for things until I ask too much of you. And here Matt specifically speaks about his own sins and wanting to change his ways, much like the song Down in Flames. See, now I don't disagree that like, yeah, that lyric also sounds penitent. It sounds like you're speaking to the Lord. But I think the double meaning here is also that he's saying, all I ever ask is for you, my parents, you, my friends, you strangers to give to me. All I ever expect is for people to give me charity, but I never think about paying it forward. Yeah. Uh, MV His God on November 30th, 2008 said, This song is about giving everything you have to God because people expect everything from him and fail to give him anything in return. That's a really good point, too. Um, The writer is offering everything he has and to change his ways as he realizes how much he needs God and how important a good relationship with God is. Conveniently, this song can also be interpreted as talking about a relationship where the guy wants to give all he has to the girl who he can't live without. But yeah, when would that ever happen? See, this is what's interesting is I I bet you everyone on song meetings, including myself, this is how I felt earlier in the week, would be like, it's only one of these two. It's only him speaking to God, right? Or it's him speaking to that is the classic a romantic uh, partner K question. <laughs> but it's it's not either of those things necessarily. It's him speaking to others, and something I could think of. Um, two other songs that bring this to mind are like uh, "What Can I Do," and uh, what was the other one? The 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 the. There was a time with the holes in his hands and the thing and the bird and the B-sides. <laughs> well, okay. Hold on. <laughs> well, you look that up. Uh, Tom DeLong on January 15th, oh, wow. 2008 came on this website to say, man, this is one of their best songs. I'm slightly surprised there's only four responses to it. As with most Reliant K songs, it's about God, but it can be interpreted any way you choose. Sort of reminds me of Sum 41's latest release, Underclass Hero, <laughs> except Reliant K is better. Wow, Tom DeLong is a, is a Sum 41 fan, but he thinks Reliant K is better. Yep. Uh, I just want you to know. So realizing that this song is about being a good Christian to others and singing to the world and saying, I want, I don't, no one told me how to do this, how to give to others reminds me of what can I do? And it also reminds me of the conclusion we landed on with, I just want you to know where a lot of people think, I just want you to know is about someone testifying to someone to say, Which it's a horrible idea to think that a lyric would say, I don't want to say I'm right. I just want you to know that I'm right about Jesus. Like, that's not a good testimony at all. Mm -hmm. And what we landed on was that it's basically like the other song, the egg on his face, but washing the the prodigal prodigal son. If that song's about being a woke Christian, that that song's about like 
making sure that you're not putting egg on Christ's face. Prodigal. Sorry, I just right. added the sun bit in. <laughs> While you're washing his feet, because that's what you expect. You you expect yourself to wash his feet. Like this song is about being a good Christian. It's not about. I do think part of I do think the second half of the song is speaking to the Lord, but it's more than that. And yet, all these song meanings are going to be, this is either singing to a romantic partner or this is praising the Lord. And it's neither of those things. Yeah, because Music Express 24 on September 10th, 2008 said, I love this song. It's awesome. It's pretty self-explanatory. I think it's talking about a guy who is in love with this girl and willing to give the relationship his all. He says, I'll give until there's nothing left. He is not willing to give up on his love until he can't go on anymore. It's so funny because... And then Cheese Ninja 3 on January 28, 2009 said, Sorry, but this song is about God. <laughs> um, now, there is a very long... Fr- okay, that was from Cheese Ninja 3. Well, just Cheese Ninja on July 27, 2009. Don't uh, listen to this guy. Said, gave a general comment to Don't say, listen to my, my, my brother. This is what Matt said in an interview. I th- how many cheese ninjas are there out there? At least three. Uh, I think a really big lesson that I learned actually over the last bunch of months, even recording this record, I even wrote a song about it, is I get stressed out and I start thinking about certain things too much. And when I pray, it seems so juvenile uh, that I do this, but my prayers become sort of a wish list or a grocery list or a to-do list or whatever. Like, help with this. Take care of this. Give me this. Give me this. There was this show in Washington, I think it was Creation West, and we were staying at this hotel that was right on the lake. One night I walked down to the lake by myself and just sat by the lake. At the time I was writing a song called Give that's on the record, and that's kind of when I was realizing that I was praying. Please let this record turn out all right and get it done on time. And I don't want to fail at doing this. And that's when I started writing this about giving. And that's where I wrote the bridge of that song. That was a good lesson. Kind of a good scene. I love Washington State. It's one of my favorite places. So it was a really cool place to do it. We ended up going down there the next night that we stayed there. And we had a little bro down. John Warren. Yeah, we did. It was like when you're a little kid and you're camping, John Warren, looking up at the stars, telling juvenile little stories. Jay, I love Jesus they just copied and pa- Amy, when you, yeah, when oh, you so said. At least they at least they finally kind of, kind of yeah. gave a citation that it's from Jesus it, Freak. It took me a minute because it's J-H-F and I'm like, oh, okay, so it's Jesus Freak hideouts, Amy. When you said that you wrote a song about it, I had a feeling it was give. Oh, right on. So... <laughs> If this is to be believed that it is about praying and God, if what he said, it, maybe he just was saying that it's about being charitable because they're at a charity festival. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Maybe he changes it. I, maybe That's a very, both. they might be giants thing to give <laughs> multiple interpretations of the song definitively in multiple different formats. Maybe he'll change it again when we talk to him on the show someday. <laughs> um... I have some stuff from lyricinterpretations.net, but we're running a little late. Although we've been gone for a while, so maybe I should just just read everything that I have. But I was going to say I'll skip it because, you know. All right. Oh, no. (laughs) Rich. I found the Jesus Freak Hideout article. It's uh, from 2007. It's 
from March 10th, 2007. Rich Zebro says, this is a man figuring out his relationship with God slash Jesus. No one told me how bad I'd need you, but somehow I arrived at the conclusion all by myself and all I want and I want all you have to offer. So I'll offer myself and I'll just give until there's nothing left. Anonymous on November 17th, 2020 said this song was written as the tithes and offerings time at Pentecostal slash evangelical <laughs> churches in mind. During these times, the church band generally plays a soothing song to cover up the awkwardness of people feeling pressured to dish out their oh, weak yeah. savings to the church. I actually kind of thought about that, too. That's funny. It allows to think the pastor to walk off stage for the band to take stage and not have to face the congregation and look them in the eye and feel ashamed for taking people's hard-earned money. Wow, I, love this, I love this writing. Thank you, Anonymous. Uh, well, I mean, I, I don't. Yeah. So it's funny when I heard this song, I was also like, oh, this would be a good like wedding song or like a good procession song or just a song that's played as you're getting ready in a wedding or something or a first dance for a Lion K fan. I did not find any video or any proof of that being used that way. But yeah, playing this as like the offering song. It's so rude. It's a little rude. It's super rude. Because it's the opposite. It's a, yeah, I mean, yeah, they're saying you should give but you shouldn't play this song and saying hey give 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 to us Man, give to tithing our month is just like when you listen to radio like a radio station <laughs> that needs your support well the churches need your and help i know and so does radio and they have that month where they're like give us this and we'll send you a flash drive with all these songs on it or right. a fully loaded ipod mini or whatever <laughs> But yeah, this isn't an appropriate song to play when you're asking someone to give to you. Mm -hmm. And I understand, like, you know, the church needs donations. Every church needs donations to to function. Yeah. But it's this is the opposite. This is a song you play too much is what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. This is a song when you're asking, like, don't give to me. Let me give to you. Yeah. Uh, Anonymous on July 23rd, 2011 said it's a all about the man who has change and make God as the center of his life. Sure. Uh, latest articles. What's up with Margaritaville? I think... <laughs> R.I.P. Jimmy Buffett. Aw. I think when you're doing an offering song, like, all you need is, like, a nice, like, battle hymn of the Republic on single piano. That's all you really need. Keep it simple. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then we have... A blog post and i'm like is this tumblr new because we've never stumbled across it before reliant k according to the bible oh that does um, not that does not sound familiar and this post is called unconditional giving give until there's nothing left from reliant k's 2007 album five score and seven years ago with its repetitive chorus and echoing background singers has a very relaxed atmospheric vibe in a way it creates a mood that is very open and free with the guitar ringing single strums on the strong beats of every measure and the chorus rather than the sections of fast strumming in between this song is all about giving all you have to god and it's not just five dollars from your wallet it's all the money you have on your credit cards and your whole wallet itself until there's nothing left okay that sounds a little bit like cult but you know alrighty. uh <laughs> that particular interpretation right this i think this picture that Reliant K paints in Give Until There's Nothing Left is such a radical one. Our society doesn't like to think this way. We tend to make everything about what we lose out on and what we'll gain in return. And that's just a result of the 
individualistic nature of our society. The Bible sometimes gives us pictures that are just so contrary to what we think. For instance, in Proverbs eleven twenty four, one free one gives freely yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. This is so wise. Yet, honestly, really hard to hear. When we continue to hold on to things that we should be giving up to God, it means that we will that we value that thing. But as you place your value in things, you value them before Jesus, and it makes it easy for us to want them more than him. Matt acknowledges this in the song when during the bridge he notes that sometimes it seems like all I ever do is ask for things until I ask too much of you. But that's not the way... I want to live. I need to change, but something's got to give. Yeah, something's got to. See, I did think that this part was where he was singing to God, but I do think the first part is where he's singing to the world. It's important. I'll say it five more times before the end of this podcast. It's important to remember that just because God can give us immeasurably more than we ask for or imaginable Ephesians 3.20 doesn't mean that he necessarily will. And it's not because he's trying to be mean or anything, but because God knows the status of our heart and our posture when we ask for things. Oh, now we have to have good posture or God won't give us what we want. He knows That's what a our new intentions wrinkle. are behind asking for something. If it is selfish intent. Sit up straight. Something needs to change. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly Ooh. to spend it on your passions. James 4, 3. It's important to remember that we don't give things up just so that we can receive stuff in return. God already paid the ultimate price by dying unjustly on the cross to forgive our sins. Even if we give all that we have for Jesus, the amount he gave up for us is so much larger. So it really isn't a system of exchanges or indebtedness. That's how not how God works, because he shows us grace time and time again. When we realize how much we didn't deserve his selfless act, but he did it anyway. I think... Of Jesus's disciples when I think of giving things away for Christ. When Jesus first came to earth, he went to people and told them to follow him, and they did. They left their jobs, their families, everything about their old life, but they did it anyway. We can do that too. It's definitely not easy, but God is really all we need, not any of the worldly material things that we hold on to. Hmm. That is true. But seeing it stated out like that is definitely like uh, those cults where they make you give them everything and all your money and everything. Scientology is a little bit of one of those. Jessica has watched plenty of uh, cult documentaries. so It's true. <laughs> uh, then we have TikToks. And guess what? For once, I'm not throwing it over to Danny because I'm on TikTok now. <laughs> oh, but it what? needs to update. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> That's right. I was like, you know what? I'm I'm on Instagram and I I love when I get in my like explore more feed uh, mom hacks. And I was like, I need more of these mom hacks. So I decided to finally join TikTok that and for the uh, the Love Island TikToks as well. Uh, and now all they give me mainly is Taylor Swift stuff. But, you know. OK. I don't hear the music. Yes. This is one of those things where it says the thing on the top and then it scrolls to say, like, this is what's my problem. Uh This doesn't have the song, though. (laughs) When I'm hurt, I'll just keep crying on the inside without telling anyone anything. Oh, okay. 
What's my problem? This guy. Okay, none of this music is given till there's nothing left. Oh, this is also not given till there's nothing left. This is the Amity Affliction give it all. Now, you could go search. I know you're new to TikTok. You can go search the sound that you're looking for. So this must be a different song called Give Until It's All Left. There's nothing left. By the way, the song is called Give Until There's Nothing Left, but that's not what he sings in the song. He sings, I'll give until there's nothing remaining. What does he say? Nope. All of this, uh, it comes up for Give Until There's Nothing Left, Reliant K, but that is not the song. That yeah, we're but you can't do to. the search. You have to search and then go to sounds. You can't just do a regular text search if you're looking for the specific song. Okay, there's one video. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll pack. Little packages for little students. And then there's like a guy uh, in one of those Mexican wrestling masks and he's got a, a stake and it says worst case something, maybe scenario. I don't understand. Uh, Can I see? Yeah, here you go. Oh, so it's not I'm a video. I'm still new to TikTok. It's I just... don't understand it, okay? So it's a photo of some lesson plan books for some kids, a CD-ROM, some picture of a Mexican wrestler, like I guess little packages for little students. So I guess th- this is like some books that they're going to take to their to class back. In- and teachers do give until there's nothing left. Teachers that do give until they, they give their own money for they their, give own their own supplies. Money. Yeah, teachers deserve way way more. Uh, oh, and that is from. LLC, share your love, and then it's a teacher emoji. Nice. Uh, so th- that 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 is our TikTok. <laughs> uh, and then we have old time music, and I think we were actually here in our last episode. Oldtimemusic.com. I can't remember if we Sounds got familiar. if we got annoyed with them or not. <laughs> so. Let's see. The me- Oh, wow. Oh, was this the AI generated? Oh, yes, because the last updated September 14th, 2023. This is an By a- Warren Barrett. All right, Warren. The yeah, meaning behind the song. Warren Barrett. <laughs> I am Warren Barrett. <laughs> the meaning behind the song, Given Till There's Nothing Left by Reliant K. So this is an AI generated bunch of BS. All right, let's find out. Reliant K's song, Give Until There's Nothing Left, holds a deep meaning that resonates with many listeners. Yep, this is this is chat GPT all over. Um, through its heartfelt lyrics and powerful melodies, the band messages the band manages to convey a significant message about selfness, selflessness, love, and the importance of giving without expecting anything in oh, return. Yeah, I mean, Not it no. interpreted those lyrics correctly, which sometimes chat GPT does and sometimes it doesn't in this touching song reliant k highlights the concept of giving to the point where there is nothing left (laughs) it's like a child trying to fill up an essay that's the perfect way to state that chat gpt is a child trying to meet the word count (laughs) emphasizing the idea of completely selfless acts of kindness 
The lyrics encourage listeners listeners to give their all, pouring their heart and soul into keeping others and making a positive impact on the world. The song promotes individuals to reflect on the nature of generosity and the impact it can have on both the giver and receiver. It serves as a reminder that true fulfillment and happiness often come from acts of selflessness as opposed to material possessions or personal gain. Relaying K true inspiration for Give Until There's Nothing Left from their own experiences and observations of the world around them. They witnessed the most the power of selfless acts and wanted to capture its significance in a relatable this is surprisingly, and surprisingly like song. reasonable. Like this isn't totally off base. It's not like it's making up fake lyrics. Uh is there a particular mess particular message the band wants to convey through the song? Yes. No. The band aims to inspire listeners to become selfless and recognize the impact their actions can have on others. They encourage individuals to wholly wholeheart to give wholeheartedly without <laughs> they, ex- expecting They encourage in humans to give <laughs> fostering a sense of community and compassion this is just going to regurgitate the, the same, same message thing over and, and over over and over and over and like over. me what is this me how does this song resonate with fans <laughs> many fans resonate with the message of give until there's nothing left as it speaks to the yearning for deeper connections and a more meaningful life the song reser- serves as a reminder to prioritize love and generosity in a world often often <laughs> driven by individualism I uh, thought it was promoting individuals to be. Give. Uh, uh, can you explain uh, the significance of give until there's nothing left? There's, no. <laughs> I already did. It, yes. It's the same thing over and over. Let's see. Is there anything new? Nope. It's all the same. Did it make up any fake lyrics? Uh, oh, hold on. Uh, are there any other songs with a similar message by Reliant K? Yes, Reliant K has a rich discography filled with songs that promote similar messages of love, selflessness, and the power of human connection. Some notable tracks human in this connection. vein include Be My Escape, Who I Am Hates, Who I've Been and Forgiven. Just the big... <laughs> this is like, hey, chat GPT, if you're going to wear that shirt, can you name five Reliant K songs? <laughs> I can only name four. I will make up three. one more. Uh, has has given till there's nothing left received critical acclaim well music critique is subjective the song has garnered <laughs> positive reviews from both fans and music critics hey it's, that's not that includes us it's honesty and heartfelt and not from you <laughs> coupled one with relying k's signature sound has resonated with many listeners earning praise for its emotional impact and reliability <laughs> relatability oh uh, what is the overall mood and tone of the song? The song exhibits an introspective and reflective mood, inviting listeners to contemplate their own actions and the impact they have on others. Oh. The tone is both poignant and uplifting, delivering its message with sincerity and conviction. Okay, here we go. Are there any specific lines in the song that stand out? Let's see. One... I need you, I need you, I need you like the sun needs the rain. <laughs> One notable line from Given Till There's Nothing Left is... Give until there's nothing left. Give till you're out of breath. <laughs> yeah, there we go. encapsulates the song's central theme of selflessness and relentless pursuit of giving. Other lines that resonate with listeners may vary based on personal interpretation. <laughs> it's trying. ChatGPT is learning how to skirt the question. It's getting media trained. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this is all just, just regurgitating. Okay. 
Would you like to learn about Warren Barrett? It's a picture of a boomer. Oh, yes, please. Warren has spent nearly half a century, now that's a long time, (laughs) as an ink-stained wretch writing for music magazines and websites and has no plan on giving up soon. (laughs) Well, clearly he does because he's not writing anymore. He's just shoving it in chat GPT. He is curious about all types of music and instruments apart from any genre with... This sounds like it's written by chat GPT as well. Apart from, I don't know, any genre with, quote, urban in the title... He's also not so keen on plastic potted plants, reality TV, and any movies with Kevin Costner in them. No, no, no. This sounds like he lives in Delaware with his wife Wendy and lots of great memories. This is all lies. This is all lies. Whoever runs this website typed in, write me a bio. You're telling me this boomer is not an ink stained wretch writing for music magazines? No, run that picture through Tin Eye and see like all the places where that picture, all the stock image companies where that image comes from. (laughs) Tin Eye. Okay. Upload. Photo library. Boomer. Done. Zero matches. Oh, fine. Tonight, I searched over six sixty-two point four billion images, <laughs> okay. but didn't find any matches for your image search. Okay, all right. Warren Buffett just does <laughs> not want to put the until time there's nothing in. left. Yeah. <laughs> uh, listen up, reviews. We're just going to scroll down to where they talk about the song because we've been here quite a few times before. Well, I've got something about this song that I almost forgot. I forgot to write this in my notes. Okay. When I typed in Give Until There's Nothing Left on Spotify, one other song came up. Okay. And it's this song. Because it's a lyrics match. This is a Bruce Springsteen cover of a Frank Wilson song called Do I Love You? Indeed I Do. Oh, okay. And the lyric match comes up pretty quickly. And we are definitely going to get a flag for this I was going to say. The boss is coming after us. All you have to do is ask. I'll give until there's nothing left. There's the lyric. But then I wondered if it is possible that Tyson likes this song. Sorry, and... that ooh was because uh, Cooper, who has been sitting in my lap for quite a while now, is uh, he just pulled on my headphone cord. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Usually it's my it's hair, better than your now hair, it's yeah. my headphone cord, and he yanked He's my still grabbing cord. it, he's got it between his fingers and everything. <laughs> so, I just wondered, like, if this is a song that Tyson liked, and he had it in mind, because it's not melodically similar but there's some form to this song that just feels similar. So here's how Do I Love You Indeed I Do opens. And then here's how Give It Give Until There's Nothing Left opens. Sure, sure. I can They're not that. the same. But, but I, they I get are what you a mean. similar way to open a song. Yeah, I get I get what you're saying. And they're different paces, they're different rhythms, but I'm just wondering if this could have hypothetically, or it's just a total coincidence, but could have hypothetically just been an idea kickstarter for the song. Sure. 
So over on Listen Up Reviews, they just have a very short one sentence blurb on Give Until There's Nothing Left. They said is somewhat slower, medium paced. It emphasizes how freeing selflessness is. Nice, short, sweet, to the point. Song meanings could never. Uh, <laughs> then we have a Pepperdine graphic article. Oh. We haven't had a college article in a while, and I don't think, I apologize if I'm wrong, uh, that we have have been here before for this uh, album. I'm sure Bjorn could tell us because he definitely paid his attention in class. Uh, so Pepperdine University graphic. Clever lyrics, catchy melodies define Fifth Reliant K album. March 22nd, 2007 by Pepperdine Graphic. Jesse Reamer, staff writer. After the mainstream success of 2004's mm -hmm, Christian band Reliant K returns to the radio waves with the release of its fifth full-length album, Five Score and Seven Years Ago. Dripping with lyrical wit and pop-powered composition, the album stays consistent with Reliant K's quirky style, which while including elements of musical maturity and growth. The cleverly titled album is Reliant K's fifth in seven years. Originally intended for a November 2006 debut, Reliant K finally released the album March 6th. After oodles of anticipation, the 14-track album sold 64,000 copies and debuted at number six on the Billboard 200 in its first week. Chat GPT could never with this information. <laughs> Oh, yeah. The, uh, since this is the last uh, five score episode, we should say like early in the podcast, we got confused by some information where we thought five score was their best selling album. And then like later on, Daniel and some people were like, no, mm -hmm, is definitely their best selling album. And we realized five score is their fastest selling album. It's their what do you call it? Their qu most quickly charting album. Like it sold the most quickly whereas mm -hmm, took a slower burn to get right all the sales because you had that that you have capital label behind them from the get-go and you right. have um the anticipation coming off of mm -hmm. right they sold the most units in a smaller amount of time than any other album Hailing from Canton, Ohio, band members include Matt Thiessen on guitar, piano, and lead vocals, Matt Hoops on guitar, and Dave Douglas on drums. Oh, and that reminds me, there's a little callback and forth in this song, and I'm not sure if it is Hoops or Dave. I'm just assuming Dave, who who does that uh, back and forth with Thiessen. New to the lineup, the album welcomes bassist John Warren and guitarist John Schneck, who plays the bells and the banjo on the album. Perhaps the biggest difference from former Reliant K albums is the absence of the band's pop punk roots. Five score and seven years ago instead embraces a polished pop sensibility with catchy choruses and memorable hooks. At times, the track seems a bit repetitive. But the sheer feel-good nature of the tunes lessens the effect of redundancy. Known for his clever lyrical capabilities, Thiessen tackles profound images as he ponders love, adolescence, and faith. The fun-loving disposition of the songs complements the album's inspirational feel, while at the same time almost hiding the sometimes dark lyrical content. The song Devastation and Reform addresses the authority of fear and the impulse of self-destruction. Despite the dark lyrical tone, the song remains upbeat and in line with the notion of conflict as ultimately positive, as an ultimately positive effect on life. But there'd be no story without all this 
dissension. So I inflict the conflict with the utmost of intention. Pain becomes a necessary progress progression in the story the first single must have done something right follows the pangs of young love as a boy struggles with his feelings of inadequacy we should get jerseys because we make a good team but yours would look better than mine because you're out of my leaves league sing stevenson the track exposes adolescence insecurity in a light-hearted manner rather than the melodramatic approach of an emo song the at the heart of each track teeson fusses power at the heart of each track, Tease infuses powerful lyrics with his effortless transitions into a floating falsetto. The inspiring presence of Up and Up highlights the past as a means for creating a better future. The past is just a conduit and the light there at the end is where I'll be. As with previous albums, the band shows its spiritual roots, discussing faith in God and personal shortcomings. Songs like Give Until There's Nothing Left focus on giving one's life to God. And I want all you have to offer, so I'll offer myself and I'll just give until there's nothing else. This album includes the band's shortest and longest tracks to date. Kranz can melt on us for all I care, lasts only 12 seconds and employs the band's signature sense of humor in the song. Tyson playfully sings, I just wasted 10 seconds of your life. Pastoral Line K songs about mood rings and Thundercats reminisce the same comical content. <laughs> is he giggling? As Kranz. Yes, he is. See, he's, he loves that Reliant K signature sense of humor. <laughs> he's fast asleep, but he giggles a lot in his sleep. Um, the longest track, Deathbed Clocks, in it just about over 11 minutes. You know, we don't really need to go into this anymore. <laughs> Uh, Tyson maintains Reliant his K's reputation. signature sense of humor is all over this 12 minute track. Uh, Tyson maintains his reputation as a brilliant lyricist employing innovative wordplay and wit. In the song Bite My Tongue, he sings, and I'm too swept up. I know you woke up. Hello, darling. Um, say hello to the listeners, bud. Uh, <laughs> he sings, and I'm sweeping up the seconds that tick off the clock and saving them for later when I'm too ticked to talk. Oh, where are those TikToks at? Uh, with five score, Reliant K proves itself as both talented and insightful, emphasizing the message of the band's music overcomplicated and groundbreaking musically. The CD offers fun-loving, catchy tunes consistent with that of Reliant K's signature style as the group continues to perfect the art of pop music. What do you have for us today, Dan? Well, I had that performance where he gave the little introduction at the uh, December to Remember sales event tour. What yep. was that called? <laughs> the Appetite for Construction? <laughs> So let's hear them actually play that track from that song, from that performance. The song's called Give It Till There's Nothing Left.
Yeah, very nice. And so it's interesting that they didn't really continue to play this live very much after 2007. But of course... But of course... One of the most important live performances of this song was at the Live at Capital sessions. Heck yeah. So you said you enjoyed this version. This is probably the version you knew the better than the album, right? Maybe? Definitely. It's it's definitely where I was like, oh, this is a song. <laughs> <laughs> no one told me the right way, the right way to go about this. So I'll figure it out myself. How much is too much to give you? Well, I may never know, so I'll just give until there's nothing else. Yeah, I'll give, give, give till there's nothing else. Give it all till it all runs out. Give. So, I've found... So, it's lovely. What do you think? (laughs) Oh, we spit up on Jessica. (laughs) You just spit up a whole bunch. Uh, I think it's beautiful. That is definitely my favorite version of this song. That's okay, bud. Here you go. That's okay, Bubba. Thank you, Danny. Literally, you just gave me the shirt off his back. <laughs> See, I give until there's nothing left. I gave you the shirt off my back. And now there's lo- nothing left on his chest. <laughs> yeah. So, I was like, let me find on YouTube someone who separated Give Until There's Nothing Left out from the rest of the Capital Live session. So, it's a little easier for me to play. So, this one is uploaded by Johnny's with a Z. It's only got 24 views after 12 years. And here's what they did. Here's what they did. Did they split her at all? Oh my gosh. No. What? They took the footage and they put Why some sort of weird like sparkle this? filter yeah. through it. They made it look so MySpace it's, GIF. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you just conform and say GIF, dude? Yeah, I did. Just because wow. I GIF until there's nothing Oof. left. I gif until there's nothing left. Yeah, I gif until there's nothing left is way better than Jif. You're right. What are you doing, Dan? I gif, gif, gif. Do you gif until there's nothing left? Like, you have, um, what do you call it? DMs and chats and stuff where you send each other a lot of gifs? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, there's that song. Aw, Cooper was dancing to it. Um... And then, let me see. So that's really all there is for live. Then there's a bunch of other 2007 live performances, but none of them sound as good as that one where I that he had the opening explanation. So there's Twilight AMVs. Nice. There's a, many anime AMVs. 
There's Kingdom Hearts. There's One Piece. Very timely, considering the live what, action what One Piece the, came out. What, what are the ships or what what is the surrounding inciting incident of the Twilight ones? I don't know. There's two Twilight ones. You want to see them? One of them has like behind the scenes footage in it. So it's oh, just okay. A... No, I just wanted to know if there was a particular ship attached. Like, is this a, is this like a, a, a Jacob Bella New Moon type vibe or what are we going with? No, there? it's just it's it's footage of Edward and Bella. Oh, okay. And then the other one, like I said, just has a lot just of Just because I'm not really sure who's giving until there's nothing left in on either side of that relationship. <laughs> yeah, no. That, there's a lot. Somehow they both take and neither of them give. I don't know how that mathematically works out. Um, there's a RuneScape. There's a Sims video, a Sims music video. Um, let me see. And then there's like a cancer charity that edited this song together with a like, please give to us thing, which is very nice. So I'll just do some of these covers and then we can uh, go to bed now that Cooper's had a nice long nap and he's thrown up and he'll definitely let us sleep through the night. wide awake for a while. (laughs) So here's Davy Cash. Here's somebody named Davy Cash. I forgot to write notes for these covers. So let's just find out what they sound like. Let's do it. No one told me the right way, the right way to go about this, so I'll figure it out for myself, cause how much is too much to give you? That's lovely. That's very, very nice. nice. Yeah. Um, just nice acoustic cover. I think there's a couple of acoustic covers. I think there's a couple of things in here that might be a little transformed. Let's find out. Um, here's Lucas Guillerme. I don't know. I know I'm pronouncing that last name incorrectly. G-U-I-L-H-E-R-M-E. Very nice. Sorry, I've cut that one short, but we just heard another acoustic one. Lovely voices. Everyone's got a lovely voice. So this is, you know, we have songs that we've done of Reliant K's on this podcast that clearly are difficult to cover. Mm -hmm. This is one of those ones that seems pretty easy to cover. The chords look pretty easy. So this is like a song that if you love this song, you could probably, you know, pretty quickly put together a little cover. You found that weird thing, which I don't even know if I can describe it, but you found that weird image uh, that you sent me a thing. You're like, this is so weird where it's like oh, a yeah. it's like a little badge that says, warning, <laughs> this property protected by angels. 
Well, that's like the artwork for someone's cover of this song called Ethel Kane. I don't oh, know who okay. Ethel Kane is because they... I didn't look for them on Spotify, but this album's not on Spotify either. This is from only a year ago. So here's Ethel Kane's cover of Reliant K's song, Given Till There's Nothing Left. Ethel Kane is like a famous person. She's got 2.3 million listeners. I've never oh, heard wow. of her. I mean, it sounds great. Is this real? Was this like some session? Like, what is this? Because Ethel Kane's like a very, very popular artist. Huh. So that makes me think that this is not really Ethel Kane or it's someone else who has the name. Gotcha. Or this is Ethel Kane and it's some sort of like under the radar like not officially published cover how well i've never heard of this artist i'm just not familiar with them 2.3 million listeners on spotify so what is this i know it's very confusing hmm well do we have any ethel kane fans out there who can explain this because uh, I went to Spotify I'm glad I at least figured this out before like some people who know Ethel Kane are like you idiots <laughs> <laughs> okay weird I mean is this one of those things like uh, yeah she has a song called Princess Ketamine so <laughs> ah <laughs> so okay yeah I don't know so um, Pitchfork Music Festival 2002 so I don't know what this is Definitely doesn't sound like any place Reliant K would be. No, but that's a lovely cover if it really is her or not, or it's someone else named that, or it's one of those early, like, Napster Kazaa things where someone has a cover that, someone has a song that kind of sounds like a well-known band, like, you name freaking A's Christmas song as Reliant right. K, or Homegrown's cover of Barbie Girl as MXPX, or all of those racist songs that got called uh, Weird Al songs. Well, anyway... Uh, yeah, there's a bunch of other covers. Here's, uh, let me see. <laughs> Here's Baby Boo 90. Hello, everyone. Um, this is gonna be Given Till There's Nothing Left by Reliant K. No one told me well, it's another acoustic cover. Lots of acoustic covers. It's very lovely. Very nice. And I'm just turning, yeah. So, okay, well, Baby Boo 90 can play us out. I don't know, I'm sure I'll have lots of other wacky stuff. There was lots of, like, youth groups and stuff that did this, and um, talent shows and things like sure, that. Sure. But they're all just acoustic covers, so they're wonderful. You all did amazing jobs. 
And Ethel Kane or fake Ethel Kane is definitely the standout cover mm-hmm. of this particular song. So, Jessica. Yes. How do you feel about Give Until There's Nothing Left by Reliant K? Do you like this song? How do you like this song by our metric? Um, I like it about the same. And I think I like it more. because nice. I def- I That's paid- great. I like that. I was kind of, I think we started on the same page where we both didn't pay much attention to this song right. when we listened to this album. And you, like you said, you barely listened to this album. But this was definitely the least attention song for us. And yet I've come out of this like really liking this song and you're kind of like, eh, the same. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's this episode. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. We will uh, try to get back on a good schedule and a proper routine. Um, Dan's healing up great. Mm-hmm. Slowly but surely, he's getting there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, thank you so much for listening. Stay safe and healthy. All of you out going there. to Furnace Fest. Sorry, I cut off your catchphrase. Say that again. It's not really. It's not a catchphrase. It's just your a thing sign that off. I say because well, it's I don't. Is it my sign off? It's just a thing that you I say, say it all the time. Well, yeah, but I. It's like how I'm always like, okay, love you, drive safe when you're heading home from work. I'm like, I just we want love everybody, you all. Drive safe. We love safe, you all. Everyone. Drive safe. Exactly. Like, stay safe and healthy out there. Thank you for listening. And if you're going to Furnace Fest, Bjorn already promised he would, but everyone else going to Furnace Fest, let us know. Yeah. Hit us up with uh, your videos and your photos, etc. 